You're listening to a Fit Plus Love production. Working out during your pregnancy prepares you for your labor. So it's not, I mean, to say not as intense. Labor is extremely intense, but it prepares you in the sense that it's probably the most athletic thing you'll ever do. It takes so much out of you. And just to have the endurance to be able to withstand that, it's certainly helpful. That was Dagmara Lamedi. This is Marnie Salop. Thanks for tuning into my podcast, Marnie on the Move. Each week, I will be inviting interesting, innovative movers and shakers to join me on the show and share their story. You will discover and hear from thought leaders, experts, influencers, and entrepreneurs from the worlds of wellness, sports, beauty, fitness, fashion, and more. Marnie on the Move will feature an eclectic mix of people I know, work with, and think are generally doing cool things. On each episode, I sync up with my guests about life, career, and training, and showcase their expertise and story. Hello, Marnie on the Move listeners. Welcome and welcome back. I'm your host, Marnie Salop. Hope you had a wonderful holiday weekend, a Merry Christmas, and are getting ready for 2022. Just a few more episodes dropping on the pod next few days. Today on the podcast, I sync up with celebrity personal trainer, pre- and postnatal certified fitness specialist, and certified personal trainer, Dagmara Lamedi. Dagmara and I met at her group fitness class at the Rumble Studio opening in New York City. Within weeks, she quickly became known for her high-octane, sold-out classes. But when the pandemic forced studios to shut down, Dagmara was quick to shift gears and with athleticism in her DNA, pivoting was seamless. For the last few years, Dagmara has become a go-to pre- and postnatal trainer for women looking to prepare for what she calls the sport of childbirth and beyond. Dagmara is a mother of two adorable daughters, Blake and Cameron. And when we recorded this episode, she was weeks away from giving birth to Cameron. During our conversation, Dagmara offers insight into her overall pre- and postnatal training philosophy, and she shares her own personal training routines while pregnant, how she continued to integrate running throughout her pregnancy, and how she plans to rebuild slowly back to her usual strength training. This is an incredibly eye-opening conversation and super inspiring. But before we dive in, shout out to Marnie on the Move podcast sponsors at Inside Tracker. Inside Tracker is the ultra personalized nutrition platform that analyzes your blood, DNA, and lifestyle to help you optimize your body from the inside out. They are my go to for understanding my inner health, looking at my blood levels, and getting great nutritional insight. Inside Tracker transforms your body's data into meaningful insights and a customized action plan of the science-backed recommendations you need to reach your goals. Take control of your health and wellness. Unlock the power of your potential. And use our code CHEERSMARNIE for 25% off. Now, on to my conversation with Dagmara. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. It's so great to connect with you. I feel like we met once at Rumble. Yeah. It was my it was my first class. It was one the opening classes or something way back when and I thought mm-hmm. you were such an awesome instructor oh thank you so much I'm so excited to chat yeah it's been a wild ride 
I feel like COVID changed a lot of things. So COVID has been crazy, but it looks like you've been super busy on Instagram and social media with training and doing all the virtual personal one-on-one sessions with clients and just really kind of putting out your brand on Instagram more than ever. It's definitely been, you know, I think before COVID, a lot of the focus was on the brands I worked with. So, you know, I had done group fitness at Barry's. So for the longest time, my posts were kind of geared towards Barry's and the Barry's clientele. And then when I started at Rumble, it was very similar. So it was very much geared toward the Rumble clientele and the Rumble brand. Whereas I think COVID definitely has made me focus more on my own brand, which I've been fortunate to always have a very robust personal training business on the side. But it's not something I feel like I advertised much when COVID came along and that became the main part of of my Instagram and just basically everything that I promote. Right before COVID, you had a baby. Right before COVID hit, yeah. So I had her in September and I was on maternity leave at the time. Granted, I was still doing all of my personal training, but right around the time that COVID hit, I was starting to talk to Rumble again about possibly building a schedule that would work for my new lifestyle. And then COVID hit and that just changed everything. So studios were down and out for a while. Yeah, I know that everyone's back now, but it's definitely been an uphill battle. You know, you mentioned that you were at Barry's before and you were also at Rumble. And yeah, I started about three and a half months after they opened. First ones. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you were like one of the first instructors at Rumble. So how did you get into fitness? Where did that journey begin for you? So I come from a very athletic family. Um, My dad played professional soccer back in Europe, and my mom was a competitive swimmer. So I think athletics and sports has just been second nature. It's been ingrained in us. It was just something that we always did. As a family on weekends, we would go out on runs together, which I know that sounds so bizarre. You know, we'd have our brunch and then we'd go out for a run. And we were just always very active. Or even during the week, my mom would take me out on runs before we woke up for school. And it was just something we grew to love and not something that we did because we had to. It was never like a, you know, I'm going to run or I'm going to do something because of weight loss or diet or anything like that. It was just a part of our life. So sports was just something we always loved doing. So I know that you also were into track and field, and that's sort of how you got into fitness, right? So I was a competitive gymnast growing up. I was in the U.S. Women's Gymnastics Program. I had competed for most of my childhood. I think it was around 14 or 15 years old that I stopped, Um, and part of that was due to a back injury. It just became too debilitating, and I couldn't do anything. It was hard to get out of bed in the morning. And I knew that was just the time that I had to call it quits. As much as I would have loved to continue training and possibly compete in the Olympics one day was the goal. I knew that was just definitely not a reality. In high school, I picked up track and field, fell in love with the 100 meter high hurdles, high jump, long jump, and triple jump. So I guess you could take me out of gymnastics, but you still couldn't take me out of the jumping. And absolutely loved it. I just fell in love with it and was going to run in college. But again, that back injury from gymnastics crept up. And that was the end of track and field for me. Were you immediately working in fitness, like as an instructor and personal trainer? Or did you have another job before? Or No, so I was actually pre-med in college. I was planning on going to med school. 
I came out of college and was kind of undecided whether or not that was still something I wanted to do. So I said I would get a couple of years of work experience and if med school was still what I wanted to do, then I would ultimately go back. So I actually worked a corporate job, a healthcare nonprofit, and then I was at a real estate investment firm. So two big changes. I realized in the end that med school was not for me. The entire time I was working out and when my husband went to law school, I had all this free time. So I'd be at the gym, I'd be working out and I'd be writing my own programs and people would approach me and ask me if I was a personal trainer and if I could train them. It was something I had originally thought of. And so I thought, well, I was planning on going to med school. I always wanted to help people. Med school was not something I wanted to do anymore, but I could end up taking my athletic background and my love for fitness and turn that into a passion and help people in that way. And so I got my certification and I started working with clients and I still had my corporate job for a while there, but I realized it just wasn't for me and fitness was definitely something I wanted to to do. Was Barry's your first like official job at a fitness studio or did you work somewhere before? Yes. So actually, so I had done personal training for about two to three years before I started at Barry's. And then Barry's was my first group fitness experience. When did you start doing pre and postnatal personal training? So I had been training pregnant women and postpartum women for years. And so I thought, well, when I get pregnant, I'll be ready. I've done this. And then you go through it yourself and you realize there's so much more that you pick up and so much more in tune with the pregnant body that you are than just reading things out of a textbook. So you can read things out of a textbook, you can work with clients, but going through the experience yourself, you definitely pick up things. You might otherwise not necessarily know the exact experience that a woman is going through. So she might say she has certain aches and pains and you're like, yes, no, I've worked with clients who've had that. Yes, I've read about it. But then to go through it yourself, you figure out new ways to modify and work around it. So I would say that's been the biggest change, having been pregnant myself. What are some things that happen? Every pregnancy is very, very different. And uh, funny because everyone always says that to you. And at the start of this second pregnancy, it was exactly the same as it had been with my first. So I was very fortunate to not have any symptoms whatsoever being pregnant. So my first trimester was a breeze with both pregnancies. And then I went in for my 20 week anatomy scan and everything was great with the baby, but I found out that I had a low lying placenta this time around. And so because of that, I was not able to work out at all. Um, I was told no heavy lifting, no straining, which I've had clients experience that before and we've taken breaks and, you know, Ultimately, nine out of 10 times, that low-lying placenta fixes itself. And so most of my clients previously had all been fine after the 28-week scan, which I went in for my 28-week scan, everything was fine, and I was cleared to work out again and basically pretend as if the eight weeks of stress had not happened. (laughs) But so that's, you know, again, my clients would tell me about it, and they were so stressed. And I was like, I hear you. Statistically, though, nine out of 10 times, you'll be fine. And then to go through that myself, I was like, okay, that's extremely stressful. I now understand where they're coming from. And even when you get back into fitness, you're slightly nervous because although you've been given the green light, you just went through eight weeks where you were told no straining. And I was even nervous to pick up my toddler. 
Yeah, I mean, like when you hear that, you're like, okay, I'm just going to stick to this program for the rest of the pregnancy because God, you know, God forbid something happens. Like you don't want to mess with that. I have to say that right after, right after I got cleared to work out, although I got cleared, I definitely kept things way more low intensity than I had in my first pregnancy. So you train all through your pregnancy. I mean, and what kind of work, what kind of training do you do typically? Like what kind of exercise and workouts do you do? So with my first pregnancy, I trained until the day I went into labor. I ran until I was 28 weeks pregnant. And by ran, I mean my mileage by like 20, 22 weeks was maybe a mile at a time. You know, it wasn't even so hard as the the pelvic pressure (laughs) and the constant need to go to the bathroom. So like a mile for me, I was like, I'm good. Now I need to use the restroom. I'm not getting back on the treadmill and doing this all over again. So for me, a mile made me happy and I was good to go. At 28 weeks, I even recommend it to my clients. A lot of people will continue to run until the end of their pregnancy. I suggest around 28 weeks to give the running a bit of a break just because your pelvic floor is becoming so much weaker as the weight of the baby and the uterus gets heavier and heavier. That to me, ultimately, to continue running, the benefits I don't think, you know, the runner's high benefit, I think does not outweigh the risk of what could happen after incontinence or sexual dysfunction, or, you know, you end up having all these problems, like you could have organ prolapse, not worth it. I recommend to all my clients, once you're about 28 weeks pregnant, I think you can start walking as your form of cardio. It's very important to continue to work out during your pregnancy, as long as, of course, you have the green light from your doctor, which, you know, there are certain, certain conditions that might creep up that, that limit that. Yeah, as long as you have the green light, you should continue to work out because it does help in terms of getting sleep, better sleep, less aches and pains throughout your pregnancy. You recover a lot quicker postpartum. You have a lower chance of getting gestational diabetes and a lower chance of getting preeclampsia, which is that high blood pressure that you know, is, is really scary if you have that towards the end of your pregnancy. You know, like at least you can go for a walk or stretch or something, but... Yeah, and it's also, I mean working out during your pregnancy prepares you for your labor. So it's not, I mean, to say not as intense, labor is extremely intense, but it prepares you in the sense that it's probably the most athletic thing you'll ever do. It takes so much out of you. And just to have the endurance to be able to withstand that, it's certainly helpful. It's certainly helpful. I was one of those, uh, I want to say crazy people who decided to do it without an epidural or any kind of pain medication. I always say, I'm like, let me preface by saying, I know this is absolutely nuts. I decided to do an unmedicated labor and I'll probably, well, not probably, I'm going to go into it saying I'm going to do the same exact thing this time around as well. The mind has a really good way of blocking things out. So if you ask me what my first labor experience is, I would say it was a wonderful experience. It was absolutely perfect. And it was exactly the way I would have wanted it to be. If you ask my husband who was in the same room, oh, and I also say it wasn't that bad. If you ask my husband who was in the same room with me and helping me through the process, his memory is a little bit different of the event. So he would tell you, I don't know about the not so bad part, but. That's so funny. I thought it was not so bad. So here we go again. What's the process for you? And I'm sure you're, you know, this is what you do with your clients for for getting back to or getting back to exercise and training. 
Yes. After you have the baby. Yeah. So usually after the baby comes, I feel like all my clients end up wanting to be gung-ho right back into their fitness routine. I always say you really should take the six weeks off. If you had, you know, if you had a C-section, it's eight weeks. If you had a vaginal birth, it's six weeks before you meet with your OB or your midwife again, just to check and make sure that you are cleared to work out again. I say, take that time seriously. Take those six to eight weeks off. There's really no benefit to jumping back into fitness sooner. If anything, you know, you end up making your recovery so much longer. Right. During those six to eight weeks, I recommend focusing on your core and rebuilding core strength. So you still wouldn't be doing things like crunches and oblique bends and things like that. It's more focusing on your deep breathing, your core breathing, strengthening your pelvic floor and your transverse abdominis. So like you want those transverse abdominals to kind of contract and come back together because there is a natural separation that occurs during Mm -hmm. pregnancy. And so you want to kind of bring everything back together before you start working out. And so I just recommend taking those six to eight weeks off. And then we start off very slowly from there. We start off with light weights. Um, I don't do any plyometrics for at least three months postpartum with my clients. So is that now like your core clientele or are you also doing other personal training and are you thinking about going back to group fitness? So I am still doing other personal training. I would say right now it's about 50-50. Okay. Obviously, there's definitely more uh, prenatal and postpartum clients now than I think I've ever had. And part of that could just be marketing that and letting people know that I do pre and postnatal, whereas before it was really only my clients who I had started with as brides, and then they continued to train and then eventually got pregnant or word of mouth. In terms of group fitness, I think I will return at some point, possibly, but right now, I'll take some time off again and just focus on the personal training. When you were teaching group fitness classes, what was it that brought you to rumble? Like, what was it about boxing and that workout that you really like? I mean, boxing is just so fantastic. So I got into boxing years ago when, again, coincidentally, my husband was in law school. We would go take boxing classes together just because it was such a good way to relieve stress. I got hooked to boxing for the stress relief. But it was also such a fantastic workout. And I remember walking into Rumble and the music and the energy, it just felt different. It felt different than other experiences. You know, every group fitness studio has their own vibe, has their own energy. But there was just something so magnetic about Rumble. And so when they asked me to come on board... It was kind of a no-brainer for me. It, was, it just seemed like like a really fun workout to teach. What's your go-to workout? Like, what are you typically doing besides running? Strength training. I love strength training. Yeah, I love strength training. So I'm still, even between these two pregnancies, I was not back to lifting quite as heavy as I had been prior to my first pregnancy. But I absolutely love lifting heavy. I hate to hear when people say that women lifting heavy makes you bulky. I wish. Just- that's just so false. Yeah. So I, I love to lift heavy. And I know, you know, I, I think this is probably my last pregnancy. I don't think we're going to do this again. I think two is enough. And so I'm excited to get back into strength training after this. Slowly, of course. And I'm hoping that in two years, I'll be back to lifting where I was prior to the first pregnancy. My weakness, I would say, is strength training. I'm really trying to get into it big time this year 
I started realizing in my racing and training that I don't have a lot of power. And even in yoga, like I can't even like get myself into a backbend because it's not in me and it takes a lot to get to. Doing triathlons, it would be beneficial to strength train. It is so embarrassing, but I'm happy because I'm happy to share it on the podcast because I know that a lot of other athletes are the same way. So yeah, my husband, so my husband did a, a half Ironman probably two, I think it was two or three months before we, I gave birth to Blake and yeah, he did a lot of running, a lot of spinning, obviously, and swimming, but not really the strength training that I feel like would have benefited him. But yeah, I would suggest to any athlete, I mean, strength training, it's great for injury prevention, any kind of mobility work that you can do, any kind of stretching that you can do. I mean, it really is the full package, strength training, mobility, it's all connected. Your focus shifts as you're training all in tandem with like your ultimate goal. It's funny that she said that because I I now treat labor like a big event. I know I mentioned it before, but it's like a big training event. And so it's very similar. In like the first trimester, you'll go a little bit lighter. Your second trimester, you'll lift a little bit heavier. Your third trimester, you'll focus more on, I call it like a low intensity training. So you get your heart rate up more. You don't necessarily lift heavier. But yeah, the whole program is basically designed to get you from start to finish. And the finish is labor. Well, that makes sense because, I mean, you know, you need to kind of have that endurance and then the ability, like the cardiovascular sort of element of things. Right. I used a birthing ball and I, I'm not even kidding when I tell you, I probably bounced on this ball for 45 minutes during labor. And I mean, when you think about that, it's just the number of squats that you do. I do so many squats with my pregnant clients, squats and yeah, we work a lot of glutes and hamstrings and you use so much of that during labor and bouncing on that ball for 45 minutes was basically like doing squats and wall sits for 45 minutes. And I definitely wouldn't have been able to do that if I hadn't trained for it. Awesome. That's good to know. Yeah. And so what are some of the other things that you focus on in terms of training? It depends on their ultimate goal. So with my brides, a lot of them want to get lean and They obviously want to get toned, but everyone's always afraid of getting bulky. So it's a lot of kind of talking through, not to say nervous breakdowns about lifting heavier. (laughs) I think, think, you know, brides are a little stressed to begin with. They're already stressed. And, And you add to that, you know, trying to bump up weights and all these people out there in social media accounts of people who aren't necessarily trainers, but have huge followings and say, you know, heavy weights will make you bulky and you should, you know, basically just sculpt with a one pound weight and that's it. So I think, you know, the challenge there with my brides is always kind of getting over that hurdle and getting them to realize that lifting heavier will ultimately get them where they want to be. That's interesting. Um, Yeah. So I would say with my brides, we definitely work on a lot of plyometrics, a lot of heavier weights. Uh, With my prenatal clients, we definitely work on flexibility. Um, Stability is extremely important because you do tend to become very unstable as your belly gets bigger. So we work a lot of stability. We do a lot of leg work. We actually do a lot of arm work as well, just because 
when you're in labor, you surprisingly use your upper body quite a bit. And then back, back work, obviously, you know, yeah, it's so it's goes out pretty quickly. And low back pain is something that's the biggest complaint amongst pregnant women. And then in terms of postpartum, we go slow and we focus on rebuilding everything. So my biggest, my biggest challenge there is just to keep people from rushing back into fitness too quickly and ultimately, you know, causing more harm than good. Yeah, that makes sense. You mentioned brides. So that's still a big audience for you. Like that's a big part of your clientele. What's funny is during COVID, obviously there weren't brides, but there were people that just hated being cooped up in their apartments. So people that just want to get back in shape. But now as we're starting to get into wedding season, yeah, brides are definitely making a comeback again. I mean, your Instagram is very much like about your focus on pre and postnatal training. I know that when we first started talking, like your audience was more brides, which made sense just because you were at Rumble and before that Barry's and that was kind of the demographic, right, of people that were coming there to get fit. And it was it was just such a different time. Right. So like, yeah, like there probably weren't a lot of brides during the pandemic. But I feel like for you, I mean, you had just such great energy and as an instructor and and a trainer that really you could probably work with with anyone really just like wanting to get fit and like serious about their body. You know, and I say brides and I say prenatal and postpartum because those were those are three specific. But no, I have a ton of clients in between who are you know, either training for races or they're just training to stay fit or to get healthy. Yeah. Uh, Have you seen a lot of that? Like just because of the pandemic, like people were like, you know what, it's time I have to work out. Yeah. I think I've definitely seen a bigger shift in people wanting to invest in themselves, Mm -hmm. uh, which I think before the pandemic, maybe people were a little bit more hesitant to get a personal trainer you know they would they would go to group fitness classes or maybe their priority wasn't necessarily their health and fitness it was you know I'm young I'm still gonna go out and have fun and I'll focus on my health and fitness when I'm a little bit older and I think the pandemic was kind of a big wake-up call for people that I mean health and and wellness is extremely important it's it's everything it's either here or it's gone and sometimes waiting until something happens is, you know, more costly than than preventative. It's great to work with a personal trainer and to work out in person, but also to have a plan from that same personal trainer to go off and do some of your training solo. That's the other thing I like to do with my clients. I like to give them the tools that when they go to the gym without me, yeah, they feel comfortable. Yeah. And that's the biggest thing I always hear from a lot of my clients is like, I never knew what to do at the gym before I started working with you. Yeah. And I'll not only program for them, but I'll kind of talk them through why we do things, how we do things. And so when they go to the gym or when they go on vacation, if they want to work out, you know, when I'm not around, they feel comfortable. Yeah. And that to me is a huge win because not only are we doing really great in terms of training and progressing and, you know, building a foundation. Yeah. But they then feel comfortable taking that to the gym and also being able to work out on their own. Because, you know, doing one or two sessions with a personal trainer, whether it's one or two sessions a week, one session every other week or whatever it is, it's fine. But you do also still need to work out outside of that one session a week or two session a week window. Right. 
Yeah, so that's good that you kind of empower them with the tools to go do it on their own. And it's true. I mean, you go to the gym and there's a lot of, it can be overwhelming. Not even, just because there's so many options. I want to learn, I wanted to learn how to do Olympic lifting or not, not Olympic, but you know, like I wanted to lift the bar, put the plates on, you know, do heavy lifting, but my wrists are not ready. Yeah. Everything in due time. And I mean, look, you don't have to go straight to the bar and only use the bar. Right. Well, that's what I learned this morning. (laughs) Yeah. Right. You definitely have to mix it up. And I also say that to all of my clients, you know, I know there's workouts that you definitely prefer more than others, right? but you can't only stick to one method of training. So I, you know, when I worked at Barry's and people would come in and they would run every single day and they would lift every single day. And it was kind of the same workout every single day. Yeah. You end up becoming more prone to injuries and same thing with rumble, you know, they would come in and they would only do boxing, which is great. It's a fantastic workout, but now you have to think about your shoulders, right? So it's good to switch things up and it's good to have variety and, you know, different workouts, different studios. It's just the best way to keep your body healthy without ending up with overuse injuries to a specific body part. Now, would you ever, have you ever thought about like building your own digital content and doing classes and like, is that down the road for you? I have actually. Um, I really love that idea and I would, I would absolutely love to do that. This year has been a little crazy in the sense that we moved, we bought a house, we renovated the house, um, I got pregnant again, so now there's a new baby coming, so I just can't imagine doing anything in terms of filming at the moment. It's definitely something that I want to do in the future. Um, I definitely also want to focus more on prenatal and postpartum just because I feel like that information is not really out there. Even if you look at fitness magazines, you know, you read them your whole life and you're like, this is great. There's so many workouts. There's so much advice. There's so much information. But then, you know, if you end up becoming pregnant, there's nothing out there all of a sudden. You look at those magazines and there's no prenatal workouts, postpartum workouts. There's no advice. There's no information. And I feel that people are turning to Instagram which is great in some ways, but in other ways, you know, you end up on accounts that might not be a certified personal trainer. It might just be, you know, some blogger who ends up putting up her workouts that aren't necessarily safe. Right. So that is definitely something I'm very passionate about and I want to get that information out there somehow. And so that is something I would love to develop, you know, a year or two down the road. There's definitely room for it in the market. I mean, it, it seems like a category that will always be. And there's a lot of confusing information out there too. So, you know, your doctor or trainer might say one thing, but then you might see something else and it's, you know, who, who did you listen to? I feel like it's a lot like what nutrition was when people first kind of started dialing into it. And it's still, I mean, the world of nutrition still, you know, there's all kinds of diets and fads and misinformation and people. There's just so much out there and you just don't know what sources to trust. And yeah, it would be great to put the information out there and empower women to be more confident in their pregnancies. And, you know, if they can be healthy during their pregnancy, it's, you know, healthier for the baby, healthier for them in the long run. You know, I have to say this pregnancy also, I went through those eight weeks where I didn't work out. And we'll say it's been a very different pregnancy 
I think as a result, there's definitely a lot more aches and pains this time around. Yeah. Um, I also was diagnosed with gestational diabetes um, this time around, which they say happens. Um, They say they don't see it too, too often in fit and healthy women, but it does happen. And I don't know how much of that could be because I couldn't work out for so long or the stress of it. I don't know. But yeah, it's, it's important to get that information out there. And it, but it goes away after, after you give birth. It goes away for most women. They say it's 50-50, but most women, they say it does tend to go away once the placenta is delivered because they say it's related to the placenta. So it, I mean, it does help being active because that does decrease your chance of having gestational diabetes. So being being active. So the fact that I have it this time around, I'm saying it's because I didn't work out for half my pregnancy, but there's really no way to know, you know, it's, it's, there's no history of diabetes in my family. So it's just kind of a big surprise, but luckily I've been keeping my numbers normal. Nothing has been over. Um, It's kind of made me question whether or not I have it, which I know I shouldn't because this is exactly what I tell people, you know, don't do that. Just assume. Um, But yeah, it's, you know, I think pricking my finger is the worst part of it. Yeah, that probably is the worst part of it. And not having croissants and macaroons whenever I want. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Well, this has been so fun. Thank you so much for hopping on the pod. Thank you so much. Thanks again for tuning in to Marnie on the Move. If you like what you hear, leave us a five-star review in Apple Podcasts. Follow us on social at Marnie on the Move for Facebook and Instagram and Marnie Salop on Twitter. Head over to our website, MarnieOnTheMove.com for more info on this episode, links in the show notes, And of course, sign up for our quarterly newsletter, The Download, to get updates, deals, giveaways, and information on future events for 2019. I want to hear from you. Email me, marnieonthemove1 at gmail.com. And let me know what you're enjoying, what you want to hear more of. If you have questions for our guests, just reach out. 